0: You're listening to the AEBC Podcast. My name is Will Gunter, and I'm joined by our pastor, brother Ron Owen. Yes, I only had to pay him $300 to sit down with me today. That's not true. It was only $200. Uh, but no, I have... Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Anything for a friend. Uh, so we're I have Brother Ron here today to do an interview on the beginning section of Romans on Sunday mornings. If you've been listening to our podcast, you know that Brother Ron has been preaching through the book of Romans. We started it last fall, and he just finished the first main section. Uh, he he preached Romans three verse twenty nineteen and twenty um, last Sunday, I believe. And so now at the end of this section, I just thought this would be a good time to sit Brother Ron down and talk about um, that first section in Romans, get his thoughts on it. And so um, let's jump into the interview. Uh, Brother Ron, what is what is this first section in Romans about, and what is the first section?
1: Well, uh, other than the introduction, which is uh, quite lengthy uh, for, for uh, some books in the Bible, um, because you have— Verses one through seven are just an introduction. Then he does some personal comments. Yeah. But then once he gets to sixteen, he just—I mean—it's just, you know—he steps on the gas and goes. And for three chapters, he—how'd I put it? <laughs> he slices and and mm. savages through all of humanity, mm. showing the guilt. Mm. Uh, of of the, the depravity mm. and he uses three chapters to talk about he doesn't start out with God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life yeah. you know <laughs> uh, he starts by telling people you, you don't have any hope mm. and that that's basically not basically that's about all all it is mm.
0: Mm.
1: I mean you know because I had this problem because I love you know Paul here you're reading for three chapters and it's like there's no breath there's nowhere to breathe Okay, and then, then he starts on the Hebrews, and then he starts on the hypocrites, and he starts on the whole human race. And you're thinking, give us some hope. Well, that's the mm. point. Yeah. You know, the point is to, to get you like that. Way. Well, I, you know, a preacher doesn't have that luxury. Yeah. I have
0: to
1: preach verse by verse, and therefore I've got to stop. And at the end of every sermon, I, I have to skip over to chapter 3, verse 21. Mm. <laughs> and, 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 Explain, you know. Yeah, he's going to get the hope, but you know.
0: Right. Yeah, you're you're preaching this over a period of uh, months. Yeah. And so if if you if you did it like Paul, then you would you would go for months without a gospel presentation. Yeah. Almost. You know.
1: Yeah. If you didn't, you didn't yeah. mention that now, you got to understand. And he gives little lights of uh, well, like Sunday sermon, which was one of my favorite one so far. Yeah. The sermon. And, uh, uh, but he, he says there, where was I? Verse, uh, 20. It says, therefore, by the deeds of law, no flesh will be justified in his sight before the law is the knowledge of sin. Um, uh, and although that, uh, is not the gospel, but it, it leads into verse twenty one, which just starts. You know there ought to be a drum roll for oh, two yeah. weeks because it'll be two weeks <laughs> before I get into that. Mm-hmm. But uh, but by the law is the knowledge of sin, and um, that's not the verse I was thinking of. But there, ha- if you know a level headed thinking person would say, well, then. If that's not, you know, if the 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 law is not for living by to be saved. If it's just for the knowledge of sin, mm-hmm. that that must mean there's you know, something else. Of course, Galatians says it was our tutor to bring mm-hmm. us to Christ. Mm-hmm. But there there are a few through. Uh, let me let me see here. Uh, there's a um, back when I preached on verses two chapter two two through sixteen, which mm-hmm. I think is my favorite sermon.
0: Really? Okay. Uh, of
1: all of them, mm-hmm. uh, I think I'm I'm putting that in my revival sermon file. Oh yeah, <laughs> all, any of them you could. Mm-hmm. But but the, uh, I, I like this, uh, and it's called certain judgment. Mm. And certain judgment, and when you get to the end, um, you know, I think that's that's where it is. Let me see. It is uh, in verse sixteen of chapter 2, it says, In the day when God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. Mm. Now, he's not preaching the gospel, but he hints. Mm. It means proclaiming good news, and anybody has been listening to Paul for the last two chapters says, You're not a very good gospel preacher, because right. I haven't heard any good news. <laughs> and yeah. so there you have a little hint. I got good news. Just yeah. keep listening.
0: Oh, definitely. Definitely. Right. So that that's one of, you'd say that was, perhaps your favorite sermon to preach right there that passage
1: yeah when you told me we were going to do this interview I went through back through all my notes and and uh, I don't know if it was my favorite let me back up I don't know if I don't remember sure (laughs) it's been a couple years I I had to get on the podcast and listen to it, but but it is it's uh it's four pages of notes for me that's 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 not much. Yeah. I just have yeah. eight pages of notes. Now, the reason is I type out all my sermons, all my illustrations, everything. Mm. And it, I think, uh, well, let me give you that one. Do you mind? So oh, I no. Give, it it says... Uh, and
0: this is on uh, chapter 2 Chapter versus-
1: 2, verses 2 through 16. Okay, gotcha. Uh, certain judgment is oh. the name of the message. It, uh, the certain judgment is according to the good book. Yeah, and you know how I like to alliterate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that it says in verse two, it's according to truth, mm-hmm. and so the 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 judgment of God is according to the good book, the mm-hmm. truth, and then number two, it is according to good deeds, mm-hmm. and and that this the one of the reasons I like this is he just I mean if you read verses two through sixteen and stopped didn't read anything before or after you'd think well I've got to be good to be saved. Mm-hmm. And then when you read it again, you say, well, I haven't been living good. I have no hope, mm-hmm. which is exactly what Paul's trying to get people to, to get their mouth shut and become yeah. guilty before God. Trying and to it away is, with
0: the excuses yeah. and arguments.
1: Yeah. yeah, and I think of all mm-hmm. the verses we've covered, those are the most stark verses mm-hmm. about man's sin. Verse 5 says, but in accordance with the hardness of your impenitiveness, impenitent heart you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God mm. who will render to each one according to his deeds eternal life to those who by patient continuance in good deed in good seek for glory honor and immortality verse 8 but to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth but obey righteousness indignation and wrath tribulation and anguish on every soul of man who does evil of the Jew first and also to the Greek. Verse 10, but glory, honor, peace uh, to everyone who works that is good, works what is good to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Verse 11, for there is no partiality to God. Now that's mm. a chiastic. If Mm. you understand what that means, it's uh, A, B, C, C, B, A. Mm. Usually you find that all through the Psalms. It's a poetic thing. But if you'll notice that, verse uh, 6 and verse 11 are basically the same thing. Verse 7 and verse 10 are the same thing. Verse 8 and 9 are the the same Mm. thing. Anytime a Greek or a Hebrew repeated something twice, Mm. it was for emphasis. Sometimes Jesus said, verily, or amen, that's the word, Mm. or truly. And sometimes he said, truly, truly. Yeah. And then uh, thirdly, it is according to God's gospel, is what I put hmm.
0: Uh
1: according to the gospel. So and there's the good, hope.
0: Uh, according to the good book, yeah. according to good deeds, and, and according, according to, to God's gospel.
1: Yeah, because he says yeah. there in verse 16, uh, the, the, the according to my gospel. Now, well, wait, what, what does that mean? Well, he doesn't really explain that till chapter 3, verse yeah. 21. Yeah. But uh, he has to give a little hope. You know, yeah. and
0: um, he, he did mention the word gospel before, but he didn't really explain yes. it. Yeah, in
1: the so that was in the introduction, wasn't it? Mm, oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah. That's one thing I was going to try to work into this is verses one through seven mm-hmm. is <laughs> it's the gospel. I oh, mean, yeah. It, yeah it, talk it,
0: to me a little bit about that. You, passage. I could have yeah.
1: spent a year mm-hmm. uh, on that. Paul, bond servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God. Mm. Uh, which he promised beforehand through the prophets by the Holy Scripture. Man, you could have gone in the Old Testament and seen how, you know, go to Isaiah fifty three, which is yeah. the most famous of everybody, where, you know, he's the um, this is not a just a, a
0: plan B or some new idea yeah, God came <laughs> up with.
1: That's great. Yeah. That's great. Yes. Mm. Uh, concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David, according to the flesh. It, it, anyway, just, you know, we don't have to go through all of it. Again, mm-hmm. he goes down there, Jesus Christ. It's a, according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Mm. And, I, I think you mentioned
0: the fact that in those first seven verses, which is just the greeting. It's still yeah, the greeting of the yeah. book. In those yeah. first seven verses, Paul basically gives a snippet of most of the theology he's going to talk about in the rest of the letter. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I remember you saying that. Yeah. That's, that's good. Um, it kind of gives you the impression that that Paul Paul's not just writing randomly. He has something he wants to say in in this letter to yeah. the Romans. And as he's writing even just chapter one and chapter two, um, which there weren't chapters back then, but, right? Yeah. But as he's writing these things, he knows what he's wanting to say in the future, and he's already
1: foreshadowing it. And he's already, right. um, and, and yeah. we know that he was inspired by the Holy Spirit, yeah. And I wonder, hmm. I wonder if uh, the Holy Spirit gave him the things to say, but I wonder if Paul got the freedom to say, "Well, can I do it like this?" Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, right. I just wonder, <laughs> you know hey, can I alliterate this? <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: Oh, I'm sure you would have asked that. <laughs> yes,
1: yes, I'd be doing this, just one, this, please. This is uh, this is your sermon on one one through seven. Uh, let me uh, let me give you the main points of that sermon. Uh, I really liked it. I, I, you know, usually I don't like introductions. Oh, yeah. I mean, I find them hard to preach and, you know. But anyway, but this one is just chock full. But listen, this This is what I got from it. Verses 1 through 7. The gospel of God is a promise. This is verses 1 and 2. The gospel of God is a person. Of course, that's the whole thing because it mentions Christ Jesus our Lord. Three times in seven verses mm. it's a person, the gospel of God he is well well, let me give you the sub points to that because it's good he's the seed of David, and all this is in the scriptures mm. there talks about him being the seed of David, the son of God, he's the savior of all mankind, he is the- sa- sanctified of God, and he is the sovereign God. Mm. And, uh, That's an
0: easy passage to alliterate, isn't it? It, it, it
1: is. <laughs> so, yes, it's good. It's one, two, three. You know, I like those kind of three. <laughs> And then my third main point is the gospel of God is a plan. Mm. Is a plan, and um, and then my conclusion to that. But uh, but I taught and that is is basically time. And but anyway, I won't get into all that. But it was just a great, great. Uh, uh, I mean it's just chalk for like I said, you could take verse but- you could have spent mm. a lot of time, oh yeah, definitely, and, the-
0: and so Paul gets into that first section of Romans at verse eighteen is that right and that, and that's when, as you said, he just starts to systematically demonstrate that everyone is unrighteous everyone that's right is that's what
1: eighteen is guilty before God, well, actually in um Verse sixteen.
0: Yeah. So so would you would you see are you seeing verse sixteen and seventeen as part of that next section or part of the introduction, or are they kind of transitional meant to to lead into that that section?
1: Well you take verses one through seven, that's the introduction of the book. Then you start verse eight, he says first First, I thank God after seven verses first. Yeah, right. <laughs> I thank God through Jesus Christ for you for you that your faith is spoken throughout the whole world. And he gives a personal greeting. Mm. A personal introduction and greeting. And he says, So as much as in me is, verse fifteen, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God and salvation to everyone that believes you first, also Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. And, and, and there you have again, again, because you mentioned this first, mm. again, you have the book in mm. two verses. Mm. The whole book in two verses. Mm. And, and, you know, other mm. than, I guess, the practical stuff, which is sure. what comes out of salvation. But then he says, for... Why why do we need the gospel, I suppose? And then he just launches into this, I don't want to say tirade. That sounds terrible, but a a systematic Mm. presentation of the depravity of Mm. all mankind. Mm. Um, And how in the world anybody could read verses 18, chapter 1, verse 18 through uh, uh, chapter 3, verse 20. Yeah. And come away with that, man is going to be able to save himself by doing good deeds. I just, it boggles my mind yeah. that there's still people out there who say, "Well, I, you know, I'm a pretty good person." Yeah,
0: <laughs> but anyway, because even even with uh, Paul's just so clear and thorough in this section that even preachers and commentators who might disagree on on verses. Mm-hmm. They seem seem to all agree on the conclusion that there's no one righteous. Right. That your mouth should be shut. I mean, I'm sure there are some off-to-the-left commentators who, you know, twist sure. the Scripture. But but sure. generally, you take any good conservative commentary or preacher, he's probably come to the same conclusion as yeah. you have at the end, which is, man, I hope there's salvation in Jesus because it's not That's in me. That's
1: right. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, it's yeah. it's to get you just, you know, like, like Galatians, which is Galatians, it's amazing how many times I use Galatians. Yeah. Uh, you, but Galatians says, uh, what's the verses there? Just went out of my head, but he's he's talking about the laws are tutored to bring us Christ. But mm-hmm. before that, he talks about for the law uh, uh, has uh, basically boxed us in on every side. Mm-hmm. We, we are kept by the law. And a lot of people have seen that as positive, but that's not what it says. It means to keep suppressed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I hit this wall, turn around, and then another wall, I hit this wall, and then I hit the other wall. There's mm-hmm. nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. I, I can't get out of this, and then the walls start moving in on you. I thought mm-hmm. about this. <laughs> the start start starts moving in on you, mm-hmm. and there's nowhere to look. And then you finally, because the walls mm-hmm. you're not getting through there. The only other place to look, you're standing on. the You look up, and there's an nail scarred hand reaching down mm-hmm. to pull you out. That's kind of the way I envision mm-hmm. that, and, and uh, the the law the the walls of the law are coming in on you, and what are they saying to you? We're going to crush you. (laughs) You have no hope in this little box. You better look up and hope that there's not a top to it, and praise God there's not, you know. And, And finally, when you holler out, somebody help me, and then, like I said, look up, and they're... There he is. Hey, woman. Well, we might need to give an invitation. I'm telling <laughs> you, that's good. I, I just good. really and you know how emotional I am and I'm gonna do my best not to get emotional at all in this. But I, I just can't hardly do it. I can't mm. hardly do it and mm. uh I thank God for that in some ways. Mm. You know, I don't want the gospel never to affect me. Mm. You know. I was reading uh Visual theology yesterday, you know, we were talking about it, and uh, he's talking about how memory, mm. memory, uh, helps you by by remembering and 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 um, recalling and going over. Oh, can't think of the word your salvation experience in the gospel. How number one, you don't forget it. Number two, how it. Brings intimacy. There was a quote I can't remember, but uh, how that remembrance brings intimacy. Mm.
0: It's, it's not just doctrines on a page.
1: That's right. It's
0: not just a a some far off castle that you're looking at. It's something very something that saved your life, very personal to you. Yeah. And yeah, that should stir your emotions. Yeah, well, absolutely.
1: You you and I love. Uh, we're 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 in my office, I wish y'all could see this, but we're in my office we're surrounded by beautiful bookshelves, mm-hmm. and then we I have sections of real serious you know commentaries mm-hmm. and I was reading you know I use commentaries that get very technical, even for me mm-hmm. and and how they get technical and split hairs and different things on some verses, which we need that you got mm-hmm. to get it, but then I go back to the scripture and I read paul mm-hmm. and Paul is not just giving some cold theological lecture. He is, if he could, he would grab you around the neck and shake you and say, why aren't you seeing this, you know? Mm. Uh, he he glories, and I think he was very emotional. Mm. Because if you look through Romans and Ephesians and Galatians, all of his books, but he starts talking about these doctoral issues, and then he just gets to where he can't stop, and it starts rolling, and all of a sudden he just breaks loose mm. in doxology. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just I think that's the way it ought to do. Sure. If it doesn't move you, if it's cold, emotionless, and I realize not everybody's like me, thank the Lord, but um, it's it's got to, it's you know
0: yeah oh definitely I, I think you're right I think doxology should come from theology yeah and and if <laughs> and if doxology isn't coming from theology then we we either don't have right theology or the theology hasn't really affected us yeah. It hasn't gone down to our heart, probably.
1: Yeah. So it's, I think
0: that's a good word. Um, so let me ask you a question about chapter two. Um, <laughs> so w- when you preach through, you, you finish chapter one and you got to chapter two, um, I, I know that there are, there are several different positions that preachers have taken throughout the centuries. <laughs> um as far as what exactly verses one through sixteen, who those verses are talking about, some mm-hmm. some commentators or preachers would say that right at the beginning of chapter two, Paul starts talking about Jews, and then some mm-hmm. would say that right at the beginning of chapter two, Paul doesn't quite get to just Jews yet, but he starts talking about um, whoever judges, the one who judges, so it yeah. could be Gentile or Jew, yeah. and then I know that. Um, I know that Martin Lloyd Jones, I think he takes a third option. I can't remember exactly how he takes it, but he kind of chooses this odd middle of the road option. But I just wanted to ask you, where exactly did you fall on that on that issue, or, or mm-hmm. the, um, on on uh, interpreting those first sixteen verses in chapter two, and um, and what what led you to that conclusion?
1: Therefore, your energy is well, man, whoever you are who judge, for in whatever you judge, another, you condemn yourself, for you who judge, practice the same things. Mm. But we know that the judgment of God is according to truth against those who practice such things. Uh, and he he goes through there, and he never once mentions... The Jews until he gets to verse ten, and if it's before there, I, I apologize. But, but verse ten, he says, "But glory, honor, and peace to everyone who works what is good to the Jew first, and also to the Greek." Hmm. He might have said it one more other time before then. Yeah,
0: I think just verse nine, but that's just right, right beside it. Yeah, yeah. And but he do- he doesn't really just to your argument, he doesn't directly talk to the Jews. Explicitly mm-hmm. until verse 17. That's when he says, indeed, you are called a Jew. Yeah. Rest on the law.
1: Yeah, and then he talks about Jew and Jewish things, mm-hmm. you know, Old Testament things mm-hmm. and and uh, the privileges of the Jews. But but there was a sense in, in Rome at that time, but there were, you know, they, they had a, a sense of some morality. Mm. But there were those type of people in Rome and... uh and I think he was talking to them mm. I think he was talking to them, yeah,
0: and um, you know this is the capital of a large empire, very powerful empire, and the amount of pride that that city had was undeniable and we we see the the temptation towards pride later on as the centuries go on. I mean that's where the Bishop of Rome is mm-hmm. the has authority over all of the other bishops, and that's where yeah. the Pope comes from, you know. Mm-hmm. And so there's that tendency for the people in Rome and then the church to think themselves better than mm-hmm. others, yeah. you know. And, and and it's that was ha- happening even in uh, the New Testament time,
1: you know. Yeah.
0: It's obviously we're better because we're in Rome, you know. It's the capital, it's, you know, this is where Caesar is, so... Um, And so there might be, Paul might be catching on some of those early temptations of the church and saying, well, listen, you're not just because you're, you know, don't think you're all that. You're inexcusable, too, you know. Um, know, That that may not be, he doesn't explicitly say that, but I think that's definitely applicable if we're talking about being haughty and judging.
1: Yeah. But if I get to heaven and God says, you know, you're wrong about chapter two, verses one through sixteen, that was told to the Jew. Uh, I don't think I think he'll laugh. Yeah, and he say, <laughs> but you you preach the gospel, yeah. and you know, you got the right application, but you yeah, missed. That's the, right. That's yeah. it. I, but I, you know, I just don't think it just seems like it's. I, you know, like I said, I'm you know better man than better men than me. Believe different. I mm-hmm. thought it was just some. It could be Jews. It could be everybody. Sure. anybody anybody who says I'm a moral person. Mm-hmm. That's who it's talking about.
0: Yeah. Well, at, at towards the end of chapter two, you had I think it was the end of chapter two. I just wanted to point out I think the most vivid illustration from your series in this first section of Romans for me came at the end of chapter two when you were talking about circumcision and how circumcision is not effective towards salvation but Mm -hmm. it's just a sign and you you just um for those of you who weren't here during brother Ron's sermon what he did is he had a picture of an old rundown diner Diner. was this at the end of chapter two that you did this
1: uh it was a No, it's yeah, it's chapter two. I have Romans two, two through sixteen. Okay. No, 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 no. Well, let
0: me give the illustration. Then yeah. We can tell
1: me where it yeah. was because it's only the Jews, so it's got to be after chapter sixteen.
0: To- sure. So, so it was a picture of an old, rundown diner, and um, yeah, there it is, and and it's it's just overgrown with brush, and obviously has not been run in a, a many years. Yeah. But it says diner, diner. on the top. Big, it's got a big sign, big,
1: green letters. And,
0: and and brother Ron made the point that you know if you drove by this on on the road, you would not. Who in the right mind would stop and go in and expect for a yeah. cup of coffee and some eggs? You yeah. know, yeah. no one would because it's obviously run down and it's not it's not a diner. It says diner, <laughs> but it's not a diner. And and brother Ron made application or, or compared that to um, basically unregenerate dead Jews who were circumcised. And he said, just because you're circumcised doesn't mean that you're alive. Yeah. And then, which I thought was a very powerful moment, you applied that to baptism, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you said that's how some of your, your baptisms are.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I thought that was a very powerful moment, that, which yeah. is basically saying that that just because you're baptized you know the water doesn't wash away your sins Jesus yeah, does, does. Yeah. and and don't it's don't trust symbol. in um you know this this is this is a point where we would disagree with church of christ that that it's not the act of going down into the water and coming up that saves you mm-hmm. it's just a sign that's all it is that's right
1: a symbol yeah. of of uh, it's an outward symbol of an inward reality mm. yeah mm. And you know you, you 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 have the sign on your forehead, mm. Christian. And uh, but inside you you look like that diner. Mm. You know the sprinkles at that diner you do not want to put on your donuts. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you. <laughs> I'm not editing that out. Well, yeah, uh, <laughs> well the uh, you know, uh, you, you you may, you know, the 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 sign is there but the 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 inward reality is not yeah. there. You know, you say I'm a Christian. How many people we talk to, I'm a Christian and they never go to church, and mm-hmm. never read the Bible. And if you're listening to this, my friend, if you don't serve Jesus, you're not saved. Mm-hmm. Not because you don't serve Jesus, you're not saved. But if you were saved, you would you would serve Jesus. You would be faithful to a church. You would try your best to abstain from sin. You would hate your sin. You would do your best to to, to serve God. And um, you know, read first John. I don't have time to discuss that here, but but just because you're baptized so many times you ask people if you die today, you know you'd go to heaven. Yeah, I've been baptized. I even Baptists. Yeah. You know, as Baptists, we have Baptists on our name, but we do not believe baptizing saves you. Yeah. It doesn't. And if you believe baptism saves you, you need to read Romans 1 through 3. Yeah. Not by the deeds of any law or any good deeds or merit.
0: Yeah. You need to have your mouth shut.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> stopped. That's right. And, uh, yeah, yeah. That he's re- yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're quoting what he said, yeah. yeah. every mouth may be stopped. Yeah. <laughs> he's not telling all <laughs> of you folks to shut your mouth. But, <laughs> Exactly, though. Uh, anyway, that's. Uh, sure. I I don't understand how people get that and 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 uh, think that they're saved. You know, I've seen I I I I I think it's because just this very thing we were talking about. You bring to remembrance. You rehearse things. Rehearsing things brings intimacy. Mm-hmm. like when you're talking to your wife this i got this from Charlie's book you're talking to your wife you sit and you, you have anniversaries mm-hmm. and you recall that day and you think about it mm-hmm. and what happens you hold each other a little tighter mm-hmm. you think about it endears you together well when someone's not saved, truly saved, they don't go to church. They don't listen to the message. They, mm. So what happens? They have no endearment. They're not listening. Therefore, they forget the message. Mm. And although they've heard a hundred times, you're saved by grace, not by works, they still, yeah, I'm a pretty good person. Mm. I- I've been baptized, you know. And, um, uh, you know, that's why God has to overcome our yeah, yeah. flesh and save us. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Well, let me ask you this: What was, um, in your opinion, or for you, what was the hardest passage in this section for you to, yeah. to uh, either interpret or preach or both?
1: Yeah. Well, I think you you I thought you were talking about that in chapter two. I got a little confused. Oh, no, sure. sorry. But <laughs> uh, uh, chapter three, okay. verses one through eight. Okay. Because uh, he kind of. Uh, takes a little off ramp here. Let me let me see. Chapter three, one through eight says, "What what advantage then has the Jew, or what is the profit of circumcision, much in every way? Chiefly because to them were committed the oracles of God. For what if some did not believe?" And he does this diatribe, or what, what some call a mock discourse. This question to answer. Okay. Listen, this was my outline. These are possibly the hardest verses in Romans to interpret. This is my my introduction uh, and talk about his teaching. Uh, I believe these verses to be an introduction to the subjects that he will deal with in 9-11. Again, okay. of, nine eleven. Again, kind of eleven. yes, okay. kind of what we were talking about.
0: So, so he says right there at um, the beginning of three. He says what advantage then has the Jew, and and so so it's almost like saying what about the Jews. And that's really yeah. what he starts off saying in chapter 9. You say, well, has God forsaken his people? What about the Jews? Plan A abandoned, now there's Plan B.
1: And I just take the questions as my points. What advantage sure. has the Jew? And first of all, consider the context, which you always should do. Mm-hmm. You should, If you're having trouble with a verse, well, don't just read that verse over and over again. Go read the whole chapter again. Yeah. Uh, theirs was the same problem as the heathen.
0: Mm-hmm. You know? He's already established. That's uh, right. Yeah.
1: Uh, Theirs was the same problem as the hypocrite. The Jew had the same problem as the rest. Their heart was dead spiritually. Uh, 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 Their heart was Uh, And he says a Jew is not one. uh, He is not a Jew who is one outwardly, he says in verse 28 of chapter 2. He is a Jew who is one inwardly. Hmm. Just because you, you have the blood, the physical blood of Abraham running through your veins does not make you a child of God. Children of God are spiritual.
0: And And he makes that same point in chapter 9 again. mm -hmm. He says, not everyone who's a a Jew is a Jew. Or is over Israel is an Israelite. Yeah. Yeah.
1: 9, 10, and 11, that's what Mm -hmm. basically it's all about. Mm -hmm. Does their unbelief force God to be unfaithful to his promise? Mm -hmm. And he says, certainly not. Let God be true and every man a liar. In other Mm -hmm. words, he's saying, you know, why don't you just shut up and quit <laughs> you know, which is what he does in the eye. Sure. You sure. know. Uh just yeah, so,
0: so he's 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 saying the the evil was not in God's promise. It was in their unbelief. It was Yes. The old covenant wasn't an evil thing. It wasn't a this wicked thing that God did It wasn't a mistake. It was the problems with their hearts. Yeah. This was a wicked people. <laughs> yes, yeah,
1: and, and yeah. again, God's promises, uh, and to some extent, yes, was to physical Abraham, physical uh, Israel. Sure, you know, mm-hmm. and and, and I, I believe that, but it's it's to this the the children of promise. Mm. Ishmael didn't get any of the promises. Yeah, he was a son of Abraham, mm-hmm. and this is in. Chapter 9, yeah. Esau, who was of the lineage of Abraham. Had Abraham's blood in it. Yeah. He mm-hmm. wasn't from some maid servant, bond servant, mm-hmm. or bond woman is what I think it said. He was a legitimate heir of Abraham, mm-hmm. and, and he should have been the rightful heir, and God rejected him mm-hmm. and chose Jacob. Mm-hmm. Before either one of them had done good or evil in the womb Mm. of their mother, he chose Jacob over Esau. And that continued, although you don't see the stories about it in the Bible necessarily, but that continued till even to this day, Mm. even to this day.
0: Mm. So that Um, that pattern of God, God working based on his sovereign grace, that wasn't just mm -hmm. something with Isaac and Jacob. That was Paul saying, this is a pattern Mm -hmm. and it keeps going.
1: Yeah. a god has always mm. and now we would say god, a god has uh, always had an elect people we would mm. say that i'm not afraid to say that but but paul or the old testament said different there will always be a remnant mm. according to grace it says that in romans too mm. later but all through you look at the minor prophets and the major prophets and the israel you know just like it says in romans 11 you know, said, you know, Elijah said, you know, I'm the only prophet. They've killed your prophets. They've torn down your altars, and I'm the only one left. And God and says, Isaiah, I've got 7,000 <laughs> men in, over here in the cave, you know, that I have, you know, I have selected for my own. Yeah. And said, and even now, he's talking about Israel, there is a remnant according to the election of grace, yeah. a remnant. Yeah. There always will be because, you know,
0: Yeah.
1: That's the way God does things.
0: Okay. So, so clearly, um, clearly God's been doing what He He's wanted to do. God's been doing what He's promised to do. So clearly, Israel's belief has not made God an unfaithful God. Yeah, like like the question asked yeah. in chapter verse three of that third chapter. Yeah. So what what what's going on with these questions? By the way, like like these, because I've noticed this comes up also other places in Romans.
1: Yeah. And Paul loved it. It was his way of. Uh, what's the word? It just went right on my head. They call it a diatribe. Some people do. I don't know. I'm not. I wasn't familiar with that word. i heard it, but I. But that's what a uh, diatribe. It's a uh, it's a mock, mock, uh, conversation with a unseen opponent. Okay. And 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 Paul loved to do it. And again, you get to Romans nine, and he does. He asks. Yeah. I think three. Rhetorical, mm. basically rhetorical questions. Mm. And it's as if somebody's debating him. Mm. Now, some people think that there was somebody, it actually happened, and he's just repeating it. Well, we don't know that. Sure. Um, it might just be, it's just a good teaching tool. Yeah. You know, it was a good teaching tool. You might say this. Who was it? Was it, you mentioned Martin Lloyd Jones. Mm-hmm. Wasn't he famous for putting up arguments against? Yeah. a doctrine yeah. and then and then knocking them down it, he would make a really good case
0: mm-hmm. against his interpretation of the passage yeah. and then he would dismantle
1: that mm-hmm. really good case and uh yes yeah. yeah, very powerful way of and, arguing that's kind of that's kind of what paul was doing there sure also he he also talks about you know if if our sin glorifies god's goodness isn't it Isn't he unjust to judge us? Mm. What verse is that in? That's uh, verses 5 and 6.
0: Okay. So Um, that's the next kind of set of questions. Yes.
1: But if our unrighteousness demonstrates the righteousness of God, this is his unseen opponent asking, what shall we say? Mm -hmm. Is God unjust who inflicts wrath? I speak as a man. In other words, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm just doing what God made me to do. Why can't he judge me?
0: Mm -hmm. You know. Another statement you you made in... I think it was in chapter one, which we're, we probably won't get into in, in this interview. But you said one of one of the most. He, you asked, "What is what's the sound of God's judgment?" Do
1: mm-hmm.
0: you remember that? And you yeah, said, "It's he, he, he's yeah." You can listen to it on the podcast, Brother. On asked, "What's the sound of God's judgment?" And he said, "He said let me let me show you."
1: I'm a very loud preacher. Yeah, <laughs> so I could do this.
0: Yeah, he he, say, he said let me show you, and then he pauses. And there is just this this um, five six second pause in his sermon, and the the sanctuary was just absolutely dead quiet. And Brother Ron's point, he explained, was that oftentimes the judgment of God is silence, mm. where he just he removes that common grace from you. He just lets you go. Say, like, okay, you know, you can have the sin that you've been chasing. Yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah, that's I terrifying. I
1: have a whole sermon on it, and I need to work it better, but. Uh, uh, you know, Jesus said John the Baptist was the greatest ever born of woman. Mm. The greatest prophet, greatest man there ever was. Really basically what Jesus said. He was also his family. He was a cousin. Mm. Um I think he loved John the Baptist. Mm. And John the ba- and so did Herod. Herod loved John the Baptist. He wanted to hear, he liked it he was kinda mm-hmm. like some people come to church. Let's go watch that little short fat preacher jump up and down and holler behind that <laughs> pulpit. You know, let's go hear that good music. You know, mm-hmm. and that stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, and he wanted to hear. Well, you know, you know the story. Eventually, Herod agreed to cut his head off, and he cut the head off of John the Baptist mm-hmm. at the end of his life. Jesus' life. Pilate came. And and or or the 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 high priest came and Jesus spoke with them. He he did. He spoke with them very little, as a lamb before the shears is dumb. So he opened on his mouth. But he did speak to them. And then Pilate questioned him, and he did speak to Pilate. Mm. Herod came. They took him before Herod. Pilate sent him to Herod, mm. and Jesus never said one word to him. Mm. Never one word. Saul, Saul you know, gave away his, the king, King Saul, he gave away his position as king by disobeying God. And we see him at the end of his life that that uh, he goes to a witch of Endor and wants her to call up Samuel from the dead, you know. Why? Because God had quit speaking to him. Mm-hmm. That's frightening. Yeah. And there's, there's a couple of other illustrations to the Bible, but... You know, that's the sound of God's judgment, is God not speaking to you at all.
0: So, switching gears just a little bit here, what um, what were some of the most helpful commentaries and resources you used, or yeah. you've been using so far yeah. in Romans?
1: Well, I, I've got Logos. We talked about Logos uh, Bible program. And if you're a serious uh, studier of the Word of God and teacher... Um, it wouldn't be bad to invest in Lagos. Or, yeah. uh, but um, there's some on there I don't even know. I couldn't tell you, but there's some I found. One of them is Pillars. Is it Pillars?
0: Pillar okay. Commentary yeah. Series. Yep. Yeah.
1: I was unfamiliar with it. And my son says, you don't know that? <laughs> my son's a preacher. <laughs> and uh, I said, I, "I'm no, I am wasn't I'm familiar with it. Uh, uh, you know how much I love MacArthur, John mm-hmm. MacArthur's commentaries. Mm-hmm and um, and I love Warren Wearsby too now it's not very exhaustive, but I find Warren Wearsby can get deep, but he's also has he's one that I go to to find illustrations sometimes okay. you know mm-hmm. John Phillips, and I didn't use his I haven't used his in romans uh I don't even know if I have his in Romans, yeah, right there it is but uh he uh he he's good he's good um and and also good for the thing about John Phillips is he, he's the greatest uh, alliterator there ever has been. I oh. mean, and you, you if you look at his outline and then look at yours, you'll say, "I'm using his, <laughs> you know, it's bad," but but he's great. And then uh, this the uh, the New Testament commentaries that. This this one here, I can't. We're we're in my office looking at the books, but I don't even know. It's (laughs) William Hendrickson.
0: Okay, Hendrickson.
1: Yeah, Yeah. Uh, I I love that. He's uh, he's good. He's very technical. And then Moo. Okay. I don't know. I just Douglas. Moo. Douglas Moo, and I got that. My son encouraged me to get that one from the bookstore at Midwestern in Kansas City, and uh, I have really enjoyed that. And he gets into the arguments mm. about this is what people say. This it was very helpful. Mm. I've disagreed with him a couple of times, but usually I agree with him. I, it's sure. just it's kind of interesting how he does things. I, I think one of the greatest tools that a preacher has is cross reference. Mm. Cross reference. Mm. Because I think Scripture ought to interpret Scripture and yeah, and stuff and, and uh, yeah. Do Do
0: you use Logos
1: for cross references? Oh yeah, I, yeah. I have the old one and the new one. The, the Treasure of Scripture. Not yeah. I was I was about to suggest that. Man, that's yep. good. And then I tell you another one. I usually uh, is uh, the ESV Study Bible cross references. Mm-hmm. I usually use that in Olive Tree another program, but yeah. but I found that those cross cross references are, are helpful well
0: looking forward then um, what is just, just briefly you haven't preached it yet here but but what are you looking at is as far as what's the next section in Romans mm-hmm. well, what are we about to get ourselves into
1: oh. <laughs> well, so he starts talking about, here it is, you're, you're, you're hopeless, hopeless, hopeless. No, I got hope. Hmm. But it's not the way you want it. Yeah. It's the way God wants it. It's yeah. His according to him, mm-hmm. according to his standards. Mm-hmm. And and so we're fixing to preach the gospel. But now, verse 21, the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ who all uh to all and on all who believe well there you go right there uh what is salvation salvation is saving you from your sin uh, well why do we need to be saved from sin because god requires righteousness he requires perfection he requires the righteousness that he has. Well, so that's why we can't be saved on our own. Mm-hmm. He imputes his righteousness to us, even the mm-hmm. righteousness of God. What? Through faith. That's mm-hmm. it. Through trusting yeah. and believing in him. Of mm-hmm. course we know that behind that is regeneration. Mm-hmm. And then just joining the club, marking, you know, checking the mark. Mm-hmm. You know, no, you get the righteousness of God. And he takes your sin, and it changes your life. Uh, I don't want to get ahead of you, but I am excited to get into chapter 6 and 7.
0: Yeah. No, go for it. Yeah, that, that was—my uh, next question you, was yeah. going to be, what is yeah. your—looking to the rest of the letter, yeah. what is the section you're looking most for to yes. preaching?
1: Yeah, I, I love chapter three. We may, you know, who knows? We may not get out of chapter three until Jesus comes because there's so much <laughs> I want to preach. I'm so excited. But chapter four, he starts illustrating it. He says, y- you don't think this is true? Well, let's look at Abraham. Abraham was saved by faith. David was saved by faith. Mm. Everybody from Adam on down is mm. saved by faith. Nobody's ever been saved by works. Yes. And so he does that. Uh Um, Therefore, verse 5, he begins to talk about the the, um, uh, rewards, what we get. Uh, in salvation therefore having been justified by faith declared not guilty we have peace with god through our lord jesus christ through whom we also have access by faith into his grace we have access mm-hmm. to his in grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of god that's mm-hmm. I, I have a sermon on that i've preached it everywhere i love it mm-hmm. how that uh, you know we have we have uh, been justified we have justification we have access to god and we have the promise of a future hope anyway mm-hmm. that's five and then six and seven i you know i've always talked about something i've always said the old man you know taking on back the old man mm-hmm. and uh of course i've always preached the old man is dead but you know you can put the old man back on mm-hmm. and i had a friend of mine that talked to that said something that mentioned this and, and I won't get into the gory details, but he said he didn't believe in the duality of the natures of man, that man doesn't have two natures. He has one nature, and that's the spiritual nature, which has been born again. Mm -hmm. But the old nature is gone, Mm -hmm. to which most people will say, well, then why in the world we still sin? Mm -hmm. And he said we sin because we have a flesh that's still yet unredeemed. I heard a preacher one time says, you know, you get saved. The things you used to love, now you hate. The things you used to hate, now you love. Things used to make you laugh, now they make you cry. Mm. Things used to make you cry, now they make you laugh. Things used to make you afraid, uh, now make you happy. Things used to make you happy, now make you afraid. Mm. It's a change. And something dies in you. Mm. It's that old nature. And it is no longer there. It is gone. And the desire we have to sin... I'm thinking it's just the flesh that we have. Yeah. Now you're alive in Christ.
0: Good. So you're you're looking forward to chapters six and six seven. Six and
1: seven because I don't think, yeah. I've, as a matter of fact, to be honest with you, I was afraid to get there because I've had a hard time explaining six and seven. But I think with this perspective, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how it affects the way I see six yeah, and
0: seven. Yeah, definitely. Um, we have all of Brother Ron's sermons on mm. these first few of this first section on the podcast, including the introduction. So if you want to listen to uh, one of these sermons that we've talked about or one that we haven't talked about, um, you you can go listen to it. (laughs) Okay, well, if that's all, we're going to sign off. Uh, For more information on our church, you can go to entiocheast.com. If you're not subscribed to the podcast, we're on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, and Spotify um, and stay tuned for the beginning of Romans 3, 21. And if you're close by, come
1: see us in person. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, that's the best way to hear it. That, that, that's a great point. Yeah, yeah. if, if the you're... The um, greatest part of my preaching is watching me. <laughs> I can second that. <laughs> that is not true. We, we are... I we have need a start- great podcast face. <laughs> <laughs> <We're>, we- <laughs>
0: We can just try to fund for a a video ministry so we can get, or maybe we can get someone to draw cartoons of uh, an animation of you preaching. Mm -hmm. There you go. That would be funny. But yeah, if you don't have a church home or if you'd like to come visit sometime, come on out. Our location's on the website. We would love uh, love to host you.